It's time to get informed and inspired. This is Saturday Morning Live, sponsored by Asset Advisors, LLC, at Linden Sheet Metal on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. Welcome. Good morning. It's Saturday Morning Live. I hope everyone in Whatcom County, Skagit County, Island County, and San Juan County are awake. And anybody else out there, if you happen to be listening online, it's Saturday Morning Live. My name is Chris Halterman. I am the host for today's show. And I think we've got a really important issue that, that we're going to talk about today. I've got two guests who are here to talk about it with me. If you own property, rent property, you live in Whatcom County, your Whatcom County Council did something that hasn't been done in a really, really, really long time. And I don't think it's good for either stance on this issue that we're going to talk about. Uh, if you just got done doing your property taxes, well, you haven't gotten the new one yet, but you voted for property taxes. One of those was Prop 5. So I'm just going to read a little bit of an article that I wrote recently this week, and then I'm going to introduce my guest today. And um, the article goes, so after two-plus hours of public testimony for Prop 5, the Whatcom County Council approved the use of the rate-based tax levy method. This approval was achieved by a surprise four-to-one vote, voting yes to have a rate-based tax were council members Buchanan, Frazee, Donovan, and Galloway. Voting no on this change were council members Ellen Boss and Byrd. Council member Kirshner was absent. So my thoughts are, because see, your property values on your new property tax bill, they went up a lot. Y'all, y'all got that letter from the assessor, your new assessor, her number one goal is to make sure that every property in Whatcom County is at its highest market rate valuation. That was her goal, and she did it. And people were, like, stunned when their properties went up 20 to 25%. So Prop 5, when it was initially put on the ballot, was based on those old values. So because this is a rate-based, not a budget-based property tax levy, it's always going to be based on the value of your property. So for those of you who moan, groan, bitch about your property tax, the rate-based is a 100% way that you have legitimate reason to complain. So I don't know. Was it the potential to have an additional $2 million taken from the pockets of the Whatcom County taxpayers that drove the green-eyed greed of the pro Prop 5 people to push the council to approve this as a rate-based property tax level because they tried to do right by you and make this a budget-based because they realized that within their ordinance, it says how much money they're supposed to collect. But because it's rate-based and the people who showed up that are for Prop 5 insisted that because within the language there, it mentioned 0.19 cents per $1,000 valuation, that it must be exactly that, that it shall always be at that rate. So they, they, they voted. They changed it. Anyway, what that means basically is that they're going to get between 
19.6 to 20.05 million versus the 8.2 million that was talked about within the ordinance. That's per year over 10 years. So we're going to talk a lot about this today. You're invited to call in and weigh in and let us know what you think about this new property tax and the change that your Whatcom County Council voted, irregardless of your pocketbook. I mean, I'm sorry, 1.6 to 2 million extra dollars for one particular levy because the rate base is going on properties that have increased in value between 20 to 25%. That's a big deal. And it's always going to be a big deal. So I'm going to be talking to John Marshall and Misty Flowers. They're both part of Be Brave. And they were also um, involved in trying to inform the voters about this prop. They were basically against Prop 5, as was I. Not because I'm against kids, because there's far better solutions that cost a lot less money. So we'll be right back. When we come back, we're going to talk to John Marshall and Missy Flowers about Prop 5, the way that it was budgeted for, how it's going to be taxed, and uh, potential effects. And also, was it really was it really what you wanted? Was it really legitimately elected, you know, voted for? Saturday Morning Live, we'll be right back. I'm ready for Christmas. The shopping is all done and the gifts are wrapped. What did you get me? Who was that? Me, your house. I was thinking I deserve a gift this year, too. What were you thinking? I'm getting older and could use some updates. My heating and cooling systems are getting older, and they're not as efficient. It'd be nice to replace them before they totally fail. That is a good idea. I heard Linden Sheet Metal is having a winter sale. They are a great company. And hey, while you're at it, a cozy fireplace might be nice. And Linden Sheet Metal has those too. Give your home a gift this Christmas season. We have furnace, air conditioning, and heat pump discounts up to $900 off. Utility rebates up to $1,500, and starting January 1st, there are tax credits up to $2,000, and it doesn't end there. All our showroom fireplaces are 40% off, and new ones are $300 off installation. Linden Sheet Metal, serving the Northwest for over 80 years. Dewey Griffin Subaru is driven by one simple concept. If we all give a little, we'll all have a lot. Kindness, care, and safety have never been more important. That's why Subaru and the Dewey team are doing their part to keep you and your loved ones safe while driving. Stop by Dewey to learn about special ordering locally and supporting your local Subaru dealership. Dewey Griffin Subaru. During the Subaru Share the Love event, Subaru will donate $250 to purchaser or lessee selected national and hometown charities. See retailer or Subaru.com slash share for details. We don't have the usual traffic jams that they have in the big city. But sometimes, things happen to snarl everything up. Depend on KGMI to keep you cruising to your destination with KGMI Traffic Alerts. We'll tell you where the trouble spots are. And if you see problems on the road, give us a call at 360-676-5464 so we can spread the word. KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM, and KGMI.com. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Welcome back. It's Saturday Morning Live. My name is Chris Halterman, your host today. I guess I should give a shout out to the sponsors of the show, um, I know one of them is Asset Advisors, and Madeline, do you know the rest of them? 
I'm only here when there's a fifth Saturday normally, so I apologize if I didn't mention your name. I believe the fourth corner is involved, and there is West West Mechanical. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Okay, Maddie's trying to. We're trying to both. You know, between the two of us, we're trying to remember. So sorry. So anyway, um, I want to give a let each of my guests give a brief intro of who they are and what brought them to this issue, and then we're going to delve right into the Prop Five initiative. Uh, so it's a special levy, property tax. That's what the prop means. And I'm going to start with John. John Marshall, introduce yourself, please, to the listening audience. Thank you, Chris. Um, my name is John Marshall, and I was a co-writer of the con statement that was on your voters' pamphlet uh, for the Prop 5. And um, I do not beat my wife, and I do not skewer small children. <laughs> I understand the importance of child care. In this community, and I just wanted to uh, introduce myself that way. Okay, and Misty Flowers. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Misty Flowers. I run Be Brave Washington, a local liberty group, and I got involved in Prop Five because I'm a single parent and a new time homeowner. And my my family lost childcare due to COVID restrictions. All the so many of the small um, childcare businesses did close, and one mine was one. And so um, I got really involved because it, not, none of this made sense to me. And bringing up these concerns I had with Prop 5 supporters, um, they seemed to bypass when they were hear, hearing from a real parent, single parent and homeowner about my concerns about not being able to pay my taxes now, let alone this wavering tax levy. Okay. And for the listening audience who are not familiar with Be Brave, can you just explain to them... I mean, it's not a like a. It's not like a paid membership, or or you're just a regular, straight up, free of association of members. Are, are you even uh, officially? No, we are not yeah. officially. We're just Nothing. a group of of really concerned people that got together when the restrictions started happening, um, and a lot of us recognize the value of human connection, especially mm-hmm. for our children. Mm-hmm. So we got involved, just trying to figure out how to maintain our rights. Uh, our constitutional rights, and now we're working very closely with the local, our local legislators, trying to inform them on issues and um, just be involved in the local process and get other, other citizens involved. Yeah, very important. And when when she refers to restrictions, she's talking about the COVID lockdown, uh, shutdown of our community and our state. So, okay, so Prop Five was put on, well, they, they went out and they uh, attempted to get signatures for it. They failed to get enough signatures for it. So uh, that is what, so there's two types of initiative, folks. There's one that's called a direct initiative. The direct initiative is the one that you go out and you get enough people to sign it. And once you ver- verify that they're all legitimate voters and you get enough signatures, you can put it on the ballot. And then there is what is called the indirect ba- uh, initiative, and that is when your local lawmakers, which is your Whatcom County Council, decide that this is such a great idea. We're, we think that even though they weren't able to get the number of votes or signatures to put it on the ballot, we're going to put it on there for them. So who would like to talk about what the initiative itself is? Thank you, Chris. I'll, I'll take that if that's all right. Misty, um, so the initiative itself was a goal a goal of the health department to provide a new department for Whatcom County, as I see it, for child care and family well-being. 
and the goal is extremely uh, outreaching, as was ad- uh, admitted to by the uh, runner of Sukum's Kids. They didn't expect this to pass because it is so outreaching. They're requesting the community at this rate that they put at of $8.3 million. Additionally, that is added to the budget from um, a base of almost $30 million that is already existing to help families and children in Whatcom County. Yeah, there was there, there, you're already being taxed like 0.8 something on your property taxes. So this 0.19 is on top of that. Now, keep in mind that that, that first approved, voter approved tax levy what is budget-based. It's not rate-based. The only part that's rate-based is this 0.19. John? That's correct. Uh, okay, so uh, to continue about the uh, Prop 5 and the um, the importance of knowing about um, why this step was not needed for our community um, is also you're asking a health department to set guidelines for child care where there is no curriculum outlined there is no known um, basis of what type of children are going to be available for this. There's no you mean known qualify for qualify it. for this. Okay. Yes, no known um, uh, spe- stipulations that will be given by the health department in order to have your child participate in this. And th- there were just so many things for the community to ask questions about that where no recourse was available. So I'm so that is my motivation for the no to Prop 5 when I was writing the con statement. Misty, is there anything you want to add to that? I think, well, Prop 5, part of the biggest concern I think that everybody should be aware of is not only did the people not sign to get this on the ballot, but it was circumvented by our county council choosing to put it on the ballot anyways. But then on the other side of it, when it failed during our election, they were receiving ballots up until the 28th. And when citizens that were concerned made complaints to our election office, they were completely ignored. Mm -hmm. And the prosecuting attorney that was filling in for Richie stated that he was aware of our concerns and that they were not going to address them until after the election was certified. But I correct me if I'm wrong. In order to have those concerns addressed, you were told that you had to come up with an eighty thousand dollar bond. It was thirty eight thousand dollar. Thirty eight. Yeah, it was thirty eight thousand dollar deposit. Uh-huh. And the election office would not tell me what the ballpark would be. No estimate of what the actual cost would be. And it would be that cost would be laid on the five people that had to sign their name to start the audit. Okay. So I would be financially liable with no idea of what the end re- uh, what the end cost would be. And what were your concerns? Uh, why? What did you observe? I'm assuming both of you were uh, election observers. I was not. You were not. Okay. So I was. Okay. Um, and what was your concern? What did you see? Because I kind of like a firsthand opinion as opposed to, you know, what they could call my primary. Objection to the process started when I learned about vote curing efforts that were being done by the Vote Yes for uh, Whatcom Kids campaign. 
Um, subsequently, I've learned also that there has been, in my opinion, a um, a uh, wrong of the uh, uh, canvassing board to have um, Mr. Beckingham on the board because Eric Ritchie was a participant in the campaign for yes. Um, so he's like, well, I have to judge on this uh, this election, but my boss is on the so basically, Royce Buckingham, who was on the canvassing board, who basically approved represents the and prosecuting represents, attorney's office. Yes, because he's an employee. Is he an employee of theirs, or is I believe he is. He, just he has a, an office there, and he does have. Um, so I believe he is uh, part of the uh, okay. The system. All right. Um, so the inside of the of the initiative itself, it talks about. A little bit about the funding uh, goals. Talk about those, John, if you could. Um, the funding goals um, were set at a, a set rate for the uh, community to pay for this this uh, done. Um, however, I learned through participating in the Whatcom um, Health Department advisory board meetings that this actually was going to happen if this levy passed or not. Erica Lautenbach stated there that there were already steps for grants to fund this child care um, program in the health department, and steps are already being taken to uh, see that this would be followed through if it won or lost. So I want to start at that point. Okay, but when you talk about grants, are you talking about local grants, or are we talking about state and federal grants? State and federal grants. Okay. She didn't specify which ones, but she said that there were going to be. That there was money out there that the county could have access to um, just by applying for the state and federal grants. That's correct. correct. Okay. So go ahead and finish, if you would, on on the the funding mechanism that's inside. It's like, what, 36%? What's the percentage that's actually been earmarked for actual child care assistance? That's something we've learned also, Chris. Thanks for asking. Um, So when you look into the numbers, it looks like, well, the actual administrative costs and the costs that are going to be happening outside of bringing your child in and having your child taken care of is close to 63% of what the money that is being collected will be spent on. Mm -hmm. And to me, that just blew my mind. Mm -hmm. It's like this is being sold as help the children, get as many children in the, but it's not. It's actually helping people who were wanted this past. Well, and there were, there was a lot of donors to this particular um, initiative, Prop 5. And the biggest donors, from what I read, were all going to benefit from the passage of this because they are directly involved with offering child care assistance. Am I correct in that, Misty? Yeah, it's exactly correct. The same people that are supporting it personally, financially benefit from this passing. And a lot of the people, when they were uh, at the Whatcom County Council last Tuesday evening, uh, speaking about insisting that they not have this be budget-based, but have it be a rate-based tax, those people speaking for that to keep it at rate-based, were they mostly the, this, a lot of them were from the, the people who had supported Prop 5? The, from what I saw, Chris, that was. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was largely the people who were on the advisory board, and others who had uh, 
motivated uh, people to come and um, and hold a flower, be very um, persuasive, mm-hmm. as you can call it. Well, it's pretty easy to to, to tug at the heartstrings when it, when we're talking about kids. I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves. Anytime any issue has to do with children or or human life, that does you know everybody. They care, and I care. Um, I just did it differently because I couldn't afford child care either. I couldn't afford to take my child to an institutional child care and work. I, would have, I wouldn't have worked because it wouldn't have been worth it, so I found other ways to do it. Um, myself, I just found a friend who also you know, had the same type of needs. We worked our schedules around. She watched my kids when I worked. I watched her kids when she worked. And so it didn't cost us a dime except for the fact that we had Four kids instead of two kids from for about the next five to six years until our children were into school, and uh, that worked for us. Uh, there's a lot of families, are you know, who one of the caregivers decides that they want to stay home and take care of their kids, so they'd bring in two or three, you know, kids from their family, their friends, their neighbors, gave them a little bit of supplemental income, and you had. Lots of access to child care. There was, there was multiple ways that you could find child care where you didn't have to do the institutional um, child care if you didn't want to. So, but, you know, we're going to take a break. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk a little bit more about rate-based versus budget-based. And then we're going to talk about where we go from here. What happened? And how do we, you know, how do we, the people who are going to be paying this bill, make sure the, uh, they're caretaking our dollars the way we do. This is Saturday Morning Live. We'll be right back. This is Dick Donahue with Asset Advisors, and for over 12 years, we have been bringing you Wealth Wake Up every Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, we focus on investment management, retirement, tax planning topics, and some of the political influences on your planning for the future. And on Sunday, we focus on the latest economic updates for the United States and globally. During these challenging political and economic times, we try to provide you the latest information to assist you in your decision making. Call us at 360-733-1200. Go to our website at Wealth Wake up.com and join us live at 11 a.m. on Saturdays or 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings here on KGMI. The opinions voiced on Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Wealth Wake Up are not affiliated with CWM LLC. What makes your team look more professional and carry a bold statement that they're proud to work for your company? A crisp company logoed shirt or uniform from Bergen. Sun is shining and I feel so good. Whatcom County's local logo apparel experts. Bergen pairs their commitment to personal service with professional results, specializing in embroidery, heat application, screen printing, and all kinds of logoed promotional products. Your company apparel should reflect the standards of your business. And when your team wears Bergen's customized apparel, it will. Bergen's new owners understand the importance of your image. They go the extra mile to provide crisp logo apparel. They guarantee that the order will be completed on time to your specifications with a smile. Elevate your company brand with Bergen customized company apparel. From polos to sweatshirts, ball caps to bags and more, Bergen does it all. Give them a call to get a quote within 24 hours or stop by the showroom Monday through Thursday on Iron Gate in Bellingham and online at bergenembroidery.com. 
KGMI Connects with Joe Tian is about our community and you. Hey, I, I want to uh, agree with the uh, with what Michelle said as far as you uh, listening very good to everybody and listening to every conversation, which is, I think, why so many people call. Join us each weekday at 4 p.m. for KGMI Connects. God bless you, Joe, for what you're doing, and, and we're glad to have you out there. On KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM, and KGMI.com. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. Don't worry about your furnace on the coldest days of the year. Talk with West Mechanical, your independent train dealer, about replacing your old inefficient furnace with a train comfort system. Today, find them at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. CBS News Brief. Soccer writer Grant Wall collapsed and died yesterday at the stadium where the Netherlands and Argentina played in Doha. CBS's Peter King. Wall's agent Tim Scanlon says he was covering his eighth World Cup and reporting on several platforms, not overworked because that's what he lived for. He celebrated his 48th birthday Thursday. After a grueling almost 10 months in a Russian prison, Brittany Griner's back in the U.S. She's being checked out at an Army Medical Center in San Antonio. Phoenix Mercury's head coach, Vanessa Nygaard. She was a leveling force for the team in the past. She is a peacemaker, a quiet person, a calm person, somebody who gets along with everybody and brings fun. And so we did definitely miss that spirit. The former Minneapolis police officer who kneeled on George Floyd's back was sentenced to three and a half years. Simply a bystander in what happened that day. Attorney Matthew Frank, CBS News Brief. I'm Stacey Lynn. Welcome back. It's Saturday Morning Live, where we're live, we're about liberty, we're focused on you. My name is Chris Halterman. I am the host for today's show. In studio with me is John Marshall and Misty Flowers. We are talking about Prop 5. We've talked a little bit about sort of what Prop 5 was about, a little bit about the fact that every other, whether it's a special levy or a, you know, county within the county general fund, it's a budgeted item. This one has now been turned into a rate-based item. And I'm going to very quickly just read some of the words strictly right out of the ordinance itself. It's Ordinance AB 2022-688. Now, therefore, be it ordained and established by the Whatcom County Council that A, the property taxes for Whatcom County are hereby levied and are to be charged to the assessment and tax rolls of Whatcom County. And B, property taxes are levied in 2022 for collection in 2023. And C, the county general levy for the 2023 tax year shall be increased $321,752 for general government purposes, which is a percentage increase of 1% from the previous year. And and in addition, the general levy shall be further increased $8,200,000 for the purpose of funding for child care, early learning programs, and increased support for vulnerable children. In total, the general fund levy shall be increased $8,521,752, 
which is a 26.5% increase from the previous year. This levy increase is exclusive of additional revenue resulting from new construction and improvements to property and any increase in the value of state-assessed property. So I don't know, Misty and John, it sounded to me as though that said $8.2 million. Madeline, I can't hear myself in my headphones. I'm not hearing myself anymore. Okay, yeah, it's just a it's just a connection. All right, electronics. Okay, so this prop, Misty, was passed um, by all five districts. Well, excuse me, no, by two districts, not by all five, but cumulatively by twenty votes. Can you talk a bit about that, please? Yeah, so one of the things that I discovered in looking more into this uh, after they said that Prop 5 passed by a hairline there um, is that the five districts in Whatcom County, if you break it down to the votes, only the first and second district um, passed, but the other three districts did not pass. Um, And it was actually really, really low vote um, yes in those other districts. The fourth district only um, pat it was twenty eight percent voted yes, mm-hmm. and district four, district four, and then one of the things about that is that so many of the homeowners that are going to be taxed on this are in those those rural districts, mm-hmm. and though a lot of our rental population is in the districts one and two that passed, mm-hmm. and I think it just shows how uneducated that our community is on this because. Renters didn't see that they are also going to to bite the bullet on this they and don't have to pay the, for it as well. Yeah, they don't they don't make the connection between tax, property taxation and um, their rent. And we saw that at the county council because there were a number of people that were for Prop Five that were very excited about this. They said they voted for it and that they rent, and they made these insinuations that people that own homes can afford it. And they don't understand that they themselves will also be paying for this, whether they can afford it as well. And just because somebody's a homeowner does not mean that they have a bunch of money that they can just throw around supporting different causes. And I myself as a single parent, you know, I struggle every month to pay my mortgage and to know that my taxes are going to go up because my property increased by $60,000 this year. And for what? I could never sell my house at the rate that they're saying my house is worth. Right. Well, exactly. And and the other uh, part of this is, is uh, you know, I, anybody that's on Nextdoor, one of the things that will get the most comments is if you post something about your rent having gone up. And so and rents are I mean, they're 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 terrible. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe how much uh, people are having to pay for to, for rent. But we have a caller on the line, so I'm going to give him a chance. And Dan, if you could keep it. Uh, simple and do you have a comment do you have a question yeah. good morning good morning uh chris uh you were spot on when you talked about sharing your home or your relatives doing child care or a neighbor or a friend that's really where it should be i'm a senior and i uh took care of child care for my kids from the group i helped out with grandkids all the care and now you want to it's just a matter of 
shifting the tax from one person to someone else, mm-hmm. and it's government. It's absolute worst. Yeah, it's it's throwing money at a problem and expecting something to change when the problem is not the amount of money. It's um, the amount of actual community resources that we used to have that we don't have anymore because, and Dan, I'll, I'm just going to finish this up, um, and thank you very much for your comment, is that the state legislature passed about a decade ago regulations that required Anybody who's going to provide child care, you're going to have to go through a licensing process. You had to take a class. You had to get the license. The licensing automatically um, signed you up into the SEIU union. At, uh, so then you were paying union dues, um, whether you wanted to or not. Uh, and then you also were giving carte blanche for the government to walk into your home, and they were going to tell you what all changes you had to make to your home in order to be able to provide any child care. Something that was very, very simple became very, very complicated. Long story short, the Freedom Foundation sued. They did get it to where if you do provide child care, you can opt out. You don't have to pay the union dues, but all the rest of it is still there. So it's, it, it created a problem. We had, we had no child care crisis prior to that. It's just that for some reason government wanted to step in and they said, oh, we can, you know, people are, people are being abused, children are being abused at too high of a level, and because of that, now we're going to completely throw every, the baby out with the bathwater. And what happened, essentially, is many people rightfully said, hey, I don't want the government coming in. I don't want to pay union dues. So they shut down, which meant we had a shortage of child care. Then we had an inundation of child care need. That was, you know, went on to went to these places like the Boys and Girls Clubs, Cookham Kids, etc. All of those, but they didn't have the staffing or the capacity. Uh, wages went up. Uh, they didn't have the staffing. They didn't have the even the the room for all of these kids, and so we we created this crisis. Mm-hmm. So, John. Yeah. So what I wanted to say, Chris, is that uh, thank you for your comments. Is that what I keep hearing you say, and what I keep learning through this process is that there are a lot of questions and through questions we've understood much better what the system is wanting to or getting things done in ways that are unethical in my question in my opinion mm-hmm. uh, as in the question of how did the uh, other uh, the vote yes people all of a sudden catch up after the initial vote release mm-hmm showed the no's winning by a large margin, um, and it was through the vote-curing process. Another question that you had was um, the rate-based taxing that happened. The other questions I had were um, uh, the the ability of the health department to provide this service without additional taxes. Mm -hmm. So if you keep asking questions of your elected officials and wondering how these things are coming into being, well, you can discover lots of unethical things that can be changed if pe- more people are made aware of. Well, tr- that's true. And I found it interesting that they sent out, okay, let, let's step back just a couple of steps here. So vote curing, for those of you who don't know what vote curing is, that's basically um, where you can get a list from the county auditor's office of all of the ballots that were rejected that we rejected either because they didn't have a signature, they didn't have a date, or they did the signature was not verifiable. You take that list and you go out and you knock on doors and you find out if that is the person living there, 
I don't know that they require them to show proof of ID that that is actually the person living there. I don't believe it is. And and then they find out how they voted on something, and then once they find out how they voted on it, they let them know, oh, by the way, your vote was rejected. Can I help assist you in making your vote count? That is whether they did or did not only cure the votes of the yes voters. doesn't matter to me. It's ripe with the ability for fraud. Mm-hmm and disenfranchisement. And when we have heard nothing but day after day after day of voter disenfranchisement, this vote-curing process, the way it is, is done, it's, it's ripe to, to, to cause that. Because so, so if they came to my door and they didn't, very, at the very first time, at the very moment they knock on the door, they should say, hey, we believe that somebody living here voted and their vote was rejected. Can I talk to so-and-so? And then from that point on, get the ID to know, make sure you're talking to the right person. And then at that point in time, help them to cure their vote. Whether they voted yes, no, Democrat, Republican, or anything. That is a process I could potentially support, but that's not what vote curing is. That's correct. So basically, you were talking about how the, the, they accepted votes beyond the, the date, so had had the, the, the Prop 5 had failed quite, by quite a large margin. Yes. And then three weeks later, on the last day, talk about that. So I, um, I showed up early um, on the Monday after the Thanksgiving weekend. I'm sorry. That's okay. Go, and, go, finish um, your thought, and, and then we'll re- take a break. Yeah, go ahead, John. And uh, I saw people walk in with stacks of ballots and uh, signed letters. And that was just shocking to me. There, there, you know, it was hard to know exactly how many, but it looked well in the hundreds, maybe even 200. And that was a lot of effort in order to do that. And what are the questions of how that effort was, first of all, funded and also um, how it was done in an equitable fashion? Right. So we need to take a break. We're going to take a short break. I'm going to come back. I'm going to talk a little bit more about vote curing, um, voter disenfranchisement, and then about the actual um, the outcome of the how that property tax is going to roll out, and you're going to see it on your property tax. This is Saturday Morning Live. We'll be right back. Are you on Medicare or individual health insurance and wondering if you are on the right plan for you and your family? This is Marcia Neal with Vibrant USA. We understand the TV advertising and the mail you have been receiving may create more questions than answers. Although deadlines are coming, you may still have time to make a change. So call Vibrant USA at 866-733-5111. Our agents can review your plan options, answer your questions, and put your mind at ease. This holiday season, DeWard & Bodie is donating the gift of sleep during the Buy One, Give One mattress event happening now. When you purchase a qualifying mattress, DeWard & Bodie will gift a mattress to a local nonprofit. Throughout December, mattress donations will benefit Lydia Place and Whatcom County Love, Inc. 
Give the gift that keeps on giving this Christmas and choose to buy your mattress at DeWard & Bodie. With every qualifying mattress purchase, you'll be helping DeWard & Bodie donate a mattress to people in our community who need it most. Visit the DeWard & Bodie Mattress Showroom in Bellingham to experience the largest and best selection of Tempur-Pedic, Stearns & Foster, and Sealy mattresses in Whatcom and Skagit counties. When you find your perfect mattress, DeWard & Bodie's professional delivery team will bring it to your home, set it up, and recycle your old one for free. Sleep a little sound this year knowing your mattress purchase is doing more than just improving your sleep it's improving the lives of others who need it most give the gift of sleep during the warden Bodie's buy one give one mattress event happening now there's a lot going on right now and broadcasters are on the ground covering all of it bringing you the weather the traffic and breaking news all while entertaining you 24 hours a day Someone needs to tell you what's going on around the world and in our hometowns. And that someone is us. We are free radio. We are always there. We are broadcasters. Visit wearebroadcasters.com or text radio to 52886 to learn more. Furnished by NAB and this station. Welcome back. It's Saturday morning live. We're live. We're about liberty focused on you. My name is Chris Halterman, the host this morning. In studio with me is John Marshall and Misty Flowers. We're talking about the recent, um, oh, I guess, uh, certification of the initiative called Prop 5. It was the child welfare um, levy lift. So with a levy lift because the county council had already was already looking for additional funds for other general purposes they want they had to do a special levy to allow them to do a one-time lift the the for eight eighty two million dollars that put them over their one percent that they are able to actually do to our us voters we approved you can't increase our property taxes any more than one percent per year well, they did a levy lift, and so they have increased our property taxes well above that 1%. Also, Chris, with that, there was a special dispensation given to the yes um, for this child care levy where that it wasn't required to have the 60% voting. Yeah. It only All it needed was uh, 50 plus 1. Or, so that's just or, another it, gift yes, that yeah. our county council gave to the um, That's because the it was thing. that, yes, that, but that was because of the type of because it was a levy lift, it wasn't a brand new, you know, they were just asking for a, more funding than what they were already getting. So we've already approved the one, we aren't getting a brand new one, and so that's why they required only 50% plus one versus the normal 60% voter approval. Missy, you had something you wanted to talk about with regards to the Prop 5? Yeah, the the narrative of the pro Prop 5 people have stated that it was the will of the people, that it was Whatcom County people that really wanted child care in this to pass. But if you look at the funding through the PDC, there was a $50,000 donation that kick-started Prop 5 by Children's Funding Accelerator, and that came from Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. That was the beginning of this. The second donation was the Chuckanut Health Foundation, and that was $60,000. So if we're talking about the now people many people wanting, think the Chuckanut Foundation is all local. Are they all local? They are not all local, and a small amount of research will show you they're very tied to the Gates Foundation. You can look at the Gates Foundation website and look at their funding. Um, they do donate very regularly to the Chuckanut Health Foundation. And there was a lot of money through COVID 
for childcare relief, like $44 million. Now, are, are you aware of whether or not that money was local or state money? I believe it was state and federal money that came in through the COVID. It came in, but was that the, what, what was available for our community or for statewide? I know we personally in our community did receive funds for child care. Mm-hmm. But $44 million was probably for the entire state? Probably. Okay. But, yeah. I okay. Um, so one of the things that one of the things that I noticed was that I mean eight point two million per year, eighty two million, that that's a lot of money. Okay. And so when they were when the when they were discussing whether or not to have this be a rate based or a budget based item, that's all they cared about was how much money they were going to get. It wasn't about the fact that, they, you know, and they came up and said, you know, the will of the people passed this. And the will of the people said we're supposed to get, you know, 0.19 cents per thousand dollars, not just 8.2 million per year. And I, I just, I could not believe that they didn't understand how they were disenfranchising all the people who pay that tax and it's like okay 1.6 to 2 million more dollars okay so it's a a latte a week whatever I don't care anymore because there's so many lattes per week that are coming out of our property taxes when I first bought our home that we live in right now in 1986 our property taxes were probably somewhere between 750 to a thousand dollars for a year well Fast forward 30 years, those property taxes are now close to $6,000 a year for a very modest, mid-sized, median-income family. Well, that's, what, six months of rent, practically? Or what used to be rent when rent was about $1,000 a month. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people do have to take and keep in mind not just what is that home going to cost me, what is the maintenance of that home going to cost me? But now my property taxes. You know, can I afford all of that? So anyway, um, the other part thing is let's let's get a, delve a little bit into this rate based versus budget based. So for the listening audience, if you don't understand, and I hope I'm not too technical here, but. Okay, Jerry says forty-four million was for the county, twenty-four for this year and twenty-four for the following year. Okay, thank you, you, Jerry. That's a lot of money. Where's all that money going? That's a great question. And when anybody's been involved in paying attention to what is going on with the funding in our county, we are throwing so much money at concepts. Mm -hmm. We are throwing money at concepts. Exactly. $44 million. Where is the child care centers showing up from that? And when we've asked the Prop 5 supporters to show us the plan, mm-hmm. the plan of action that's going to create real child care centers and, and how their plan of action is, they don't have a plan. And even Council Member Ellen Boss has asked them that, and there was not a clear plan. And we were, we're already paying for so many other things, including we just now... Um, the council just agreed to put more money into racial equity. So now we're funding a concept of stopping racism through money. There's so many different things like that in our county where we're giving money hand over fist for concepts. 
but then it just the money disappears and there's no fruit for that for that funding. Yeah, I see it more of uh, uh, the abstract idea. Uh, let's go with this. You know, this is what it's going to be. And for me, it's it's. I see that people are getting all these taxes put on them, and they're becoming whipped to submission. Well, you know, and they kind of withdraw. But let's not forget that single family home ownership is not exactly number one on their list. It might be on your list. It might be on my list, but it is not on a majority of the people on that county council. They believe that single-family home ownership is an anathema, that they want everybody living in multifamily units, almost everyone in pushed into the urban areas. So one way to do it, they can't take your property away because they'd have to buy it at market value, but they can certainly regulate you right off of that property. We have a caller on the line, and I could be wrong, but I think it might be your wife, John. Uh, this is Hannah. Hannah, do you have a comment or a question? No, I'm not John's wife. Oh, this is okay. Hannah number two. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I was just no, presuming. that's okay. okay. That's okay. Um, so, um, great topic today, and I appreciate you guys are taking the time to kind of hash this. Well, all along, a lot of the questions for me came around, you know, the funding sources. So, um, the Yes for Kids campaign collected almost $250,000 in donating donation contributions, um, 75000 from a D.C. PAC. Um, they had 64000 from the Checking Out Health Foundation. Peace Health, just as an entity, was 25000 and then several doctors and, and um, uh, employees of Peace Health. Um, you know, the individual contribution was 61000 which is the overall. But when I was looking at it, um, what's interesting, because all along this group, when I've asked questions, have talked about finding resources for our, our rural communities, finding resources for child care for uh, people way out in the community that don't already benefit from a lot of the services that are given in Bellingham, or they're too hard for for the rural community to get to. And interestingly enough, when you look at the contributions um, to this prop, two came from Linden, three came from Ferndale, two came from Bow, one came from Acme, and three from Lummi Island. All the rest were Bellingham and out of state. I, I, I appreciate I that. Yeah, I appreciate that information. We're kind of getting close to the where we got to wrap it up a little bit. Is there any last minute things that you guys want to say? Nope. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Hannah. I would like to say that most. I would like to say that um, most of us do not believe that Prop Five passed, and there is a lot of evidence to support that. And soon, Be Brave Washington will be bringing that forward to the community to really hold to the fire how Prop 5 suddenly slipped through the cracks. Okay. Any last thoughts, John? Yeah, and you could find out more information about Be Brave Washington at BeBraveWashington.com. Um, the, what I see happening in this community is that there's like a cult of personality. And when people go through this voting process that you know, happens every year, you get somebody that is going to take care of everything for you. Yeah, well, and, what and, you don't have, is, and you don't have to have guilt because they're going to take care of it for you. What I've found through Be Brave Washington and, um, is that it's your responsibility to question. 
Okay, well, we got to wrap it up. I just have one last thought here. This was an initiative that passed by 20 votes on the final date of counting, almost three weeks after election day, done with questionable practices of vote curing. Proposed for these funds do not have expenditure plan, only ideas. What we do know is that the children of Whatcom County will spend more time in large institutional child care organizations and businesses and less time with their families who will need to work more hours to pay for all the things that they already struggle to pay for. Thank you very much for listening. This is Saturday Morning Live, signing off.